1: Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's the Hidden Entrepreneur Show.
0: All right, welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am not the usual Josh Carey voice that you guys are used to hearing. My name is Todd Genitasio and I have the honor and I'm grateful to be here subbing in during the PodMax event. And I have my amazing guest here, Anthony Clervy, who is an investor and entrepreneur with a demonstrated history of providing value in the procurement and supply chain industry, which I'm actually super excited to ask about. Skilled in sales, marketing and strategy, leadership and team building. Uh, former college athlete, Anthony, can't wait to ask you a little bit about that. Um, Retired. With uh, <laughs> the background in economics and finance. And so, uh, yeah, let's just, let's dive in and, and how'd you get started? First, awesome. college athlete, let's start at the beginning. You know, what what's your sport And and tell me about that.
2: Yeah, so baseball is my sport. All right. All right.
0: I, you know, high
2: school was a little bit rough. There was some good talent around me, I, but I was still still pretty good. Grew up in the Midwest, Columbia, Missouri. Woo-woo for all those uh, Midwesterners <laughs> out there. And, and then went to just I-70 goes kind of right through the heart of, of Missouri and East and West and went to a small school in Southern Illinois, played baseball there. Um, you know, had a fun career, New talk about humility, knew pretty early on, man, I'm not going to the next level, yeah. uh, went to NAI and now they've converted NAI is, you know, just a you know, league affiliation. Uh, they switched to NCAA D2 now. Um, uh, my only monitor, they're getting their butts whipped, but, uh, you know, baseball, I haven't thought about baseball in a long time, but it's, it's, uh, it was a fun, my parents took me on lots of trips. We did lots of traveling, lots of road games. You know, it's it's you know, lots of you know, you're doing sixty, seventy games in the summer. Very, very thankful for my parents who invested all that time and energy and uh, dealing with stinky teenagers. Uh, <laughs> I Can't imagine Any equipment bags, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So what, what position I, did you play? I was an outfielder. Uh, I was I played the the corners left and right. I pitched a little bit in high school. I messed up my arm, uh, but I was. Uh, and then in, in college, I just played the corners left or right field. And fortunately I could swing the bat. I was a little bit too aggressive. So my batting average, uh, if you Google me, is not great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Setting so, the expectations for anybody doing their yeah, background. Well, that's research fine. Look,
2: Talk about failure and man, that was hard for me. I, you know, I was joking with our, our, our other guests, or as I've told in the past, like I hate losing more than I like winning and yeah. there's a difference. Um, but yeah. it was good for me with baseball goodness, you know, there's a lot of failure that you have to manage and, uh, it's a team sport, but then you have these individual opportunities It's you know, based on how
0: it, it works out. So it's, yeah, it was yeah. a fun I experience think, and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I think, um, baseball, especially batting averages is a great, um, check it checks and balances of like, you know, yeah. you hit, you hit 300, 300 plus and you're doing great. Right. And right. it's very similar to business and leadership, right? Like you're not going to be, uh, hitting a, you know, you're not going to be batting a thousand in nope. business. So you, you, you have to know that and set your expectations, uh, so that you can face those failures, learn from them and move forward. I'll tell you what, I love
2: business because yes, the ball does move and the targets move but I I
0: mean, something about I don't
2: have to worry about hitting a curveball ever again. I'm a poor.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about that transition um, after college. And how did you get into business and, and get into the supply chain side of things? You know, we joke about it,
2: like supply chain, procurement, sourcing. It's kind of traditionally kind of this boring market. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I did. I, I knew in college, oh, my goodness, I don't want to end up just stuck in some big system um, as far as a business, some corporation, like I'm not very good at following the rules. It's just Mm -hmm. not going to work for me. And I've been fired three times. I don't say that braggadocious, if you will. I just, I I have, and it's a lot of it's been learning and not repeating mistakes. And some of it just, you know, dancing in the gray area, being aggressive or uh, doing it the way I think that makes sense for me. Um, but I just knew I looked at some insurance stuff. I even got some licenses. Am I going to do that? Um, and then I found my, you know, kind of niche. I moved to Kansas city actually through a friend and Hey, you should check this out. Uh, there's a home services space, um, you know, getting contractors into a network. So sales started to develop from there and, um, ended up getting fired from that spot. And it's like, what are you doing? Like what, you know, and, and this is. I'm speeding up here, but yeah, I'm 35. So this is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, all right, so what have you been doing in the last 10 years? And I was saying recently I was doing a show a while back and that, that actual instance, that, that failure, if you will, helped kind of catapult me into like, well, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to actually do your own thing or, or start something? Or are you going to, are you going to get a partner? And so I actually ended up <clears throat> getting tapped my older brother. So we're in business together. It's a family business, uh, believe it or not. We don't, we still do holidays together. We don't kill each other. We have our moments, but I think we've really developed and he's, he's older. He's about 16, 17 years older. Uh, phenomenal uh, entrepreneur and has built a great business actually in the food service, food management business, nice. which actually kind of dovetails into uh, what Una is as, as far as purchasing. And that's kind of how things kind of came about. I'm happy to dive into that further, but um really through that kind of like boom you're out and then i was a contractor i got offered some full-time roles i'm like i don't want to do it anymore i suck at being an employee not that you can't be an employee and make lots of money it's it's okay it's not yeah one isn't cooler than the other yeah you got to find your lane and your niche and your niche if you will and um and so kind of one thing led to the next i mean i where una is today it certainly wasn't you know the opportunity it was it was actually in the it was in the hole um and it wasn't working and they, they hadn't figured out how to how to serve customers and how do we you know what what is our message and, and how are we going to make this work look it it was a mess so it screamed opportunity yeah uh, and you know so we're a, what a 10 day you know 10 year overnight success if you will and yeah I always yeah. joke with that so yeah
0: so tell us about una yeah, so una una is a
2: is a, the word itself is Latin for together, which is fun because we love that. Get this, this ecosystem of uh, of bringing what we call supplier partners and our members, which are you know private business and healthcare, together in this in this ecosystem, and we we have uh, negotiated through billions and billions of buying power better contracts and, uh, and deals with major brands that we're all familiar with. Um, I'd rattle them off but that tends to get uh, <laughs> I'll say categories and sure. think of all the bigger businesses so off supplies and shipping and yeah. furniture and travel and when there was a lot of travel and um, you know all the things that add up to these sometimes small usually larger we're working with some of the fortune 1000 but it's really all the fortune 2000 some of that you know there's there's so many uh, different private businesses and, and GPOs group purchasing the concept Uh, Genesis from healthcare. And so we've taken that concept and how do we apply it to business? And the simplest form is, hey, maybe your business is doing 5 million in revenue, 50 million, 500 million, go with me on this example. We have the ability to get you and procure you better deals on your expense line items than you could get on your own. And so we wanna help you buy like the big guys. And there's not a fee to do it, there's a whole strategy. And we look at things holistically, we wanna understand what you're doing. There may be just a few categories that we can help you. And we're trying to make it, um, a very transparent, um, fun experience because I would say the procurement world, especially right now is supply chain. We can jump yeah. in. It was a lot of intensity. Everybody's dealing with compressed margins. Um, and how, you know, so these cost reduction conversations were, we're in those a lot. And so it's, it's been fortuitous for us in some ways. Uh, but vulnerably, you yeah, look, it's been a, you know, I talk about a curveball year. So yeah,
0: yeah. And then we have, we have anthonyclervey.com here. So yeah. talk to me about what's going on here.
2: So again, it's been going now for almost a decade in this last 12 months. Uh, you know, I jokingly say building a personal brand, whereas is, is, uh, I'm doing it probably not the right way, which is fine. you know, building the ship at sea, if you will. Like you yeah. say like, I'm, I'm going to the gym, working out muscles. Like I think I have a story and a message to share that can resonate um, and encourage and inspire. So we want to empower sourcing heroes at Una, and my personal brand is how we empower business leaders. And yeah. so I've got some failures, some successes, some blogs, some, some other pods I've done, some webinars, some fun stuff that's on there that I think is encouraging and building a, building an audience that I think is, is relatable and, and trying to stay in my lanes around topics of whether it be sales or marketing, at least from a, from a branding messaging standpoint, strategy, yeah. And really just relationships and EQ. I'm I'm more of a very much relationship guy and, and, and getting to know folks. And I, I truly believe people want to do business with folks that are, you know, believe it or not, honest, <laughs> vulnerable and and transparent, especially in this kind of, I'll just say a kind of bullshit society of yeah, uh, let's just sling stuff against the wall and and uh, I, I, you know, there's a lot of competition. So especially in, in most markets, so you're not the only one. And and and, and never forgetting that, and being hungry, um, and doing what's right, and being consistent. We we look at everything like how, how what's our bot messaging look like? What how do we respond in text messages if we're texting our members and emails and. And and how are we presenting ourselves? Is it all about Una, or are we trying to make value-driven decisions? And yeah, um, and we hire folks like that, and, yeah. and they stay, and, and they want to be a part of something that's bigger. And again, this all sounds cliche, but that's what we're trying to do every day: stay hungry, and and continue to get more focused um, on what Una can do for the marketplace, uh, specifically around you know we've got our own pot. I was I was saying this the other day again. I, I, I kind of. Redundancy that I think is helpful that promotes Podmax uh, and mm-hmm. Eric and Josh and their team is Una has started their own podcast um, and it's called The Sourcing Hero. And I don't run it. Our head of marketing, Catherine McCleary runs it and it's it's, it's just getting going. It's, it's a lot of fun. And you talk about telling stories of humility or, or sharing, um, we call it best practices, if you will, but a lot of what we're trying to do is get these these sourcing heroes, as we call them, the procurement folks to share like how did they get started and to tell stories that they've never told before that that they don't have to be maybe as technical always but we're, we're getting an array of an audience. So it's been really fun. It was inspirational for me personally. Catherine's so bright and smart. She she had already she'd always wanted to be a host and and has done a lot of research and I think has has gleaned from some of the stuff that we've done. But that was an inspiration for me. I'm like, man, Una should get. It. And how do we how can we create a community to focus on our niche to bring more value, um, you know, beyond just hey we've got great contracts. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, I I love I love all the principles you're talking about here. You know, the honesty, the value first. You know, putting the customers first, building a community around that, and and empowering. Your audience, I think, is so powerful. And, um, you know, two things that I'd love to, to pull on here are the one I mean, I don't think we can avoid this conversation of 2020 and right. supply chain management. I mean, you know, I know you can speak specifically to the industry, but I think for entrepreneurs and business leaders as a whole, what are some of the things you've seen and lessons you've learned in a year like this where supply chain has been just totally, I mean, curveball puts it lightly, right? Like, been totally knocked off the rails in, right. in the way the world operates. So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, I'm a, I'm a big
2: fan, like be careful what you read, like the media has their, you know, everybody's got an angle, sure. right? That's, of a, that's a business. Um, you know, the UNA is, is considered a, a group purchasing organization where we, we, we kind of dub ourselves a sourcing accelerator, mm-hmm. which we believe has a place within overall procurement and supply chain and sourcing. Um, so I want to be cautious and say, I'm not an expert in all things supply chain. I'll tell you what mm-hmm. we're seeing from our members, whether they, they're current members or, as we say, future members. And and look, cost savings is top of mind. Go figure. More so than it <laughs> ever has been. Uh, I, as I said, margins are getting compressed. And as folks are thinking through, like, okay, so what do I do with a reduced budget? What does that mean and how? And so they're open to exploring new ideas, which is great for UNA. We're having a lot of conversations, it's not just for our for our business but i think for the market in general like i just you know we're screaming goodness please don't shut down the country again yeah um and how is that going to con- you know it's just hard you know you can get in these language like bullwhip and which is just the fancy way of saying like all right everybody goes and gets all the toilet paper and then my <laughs> <like>, later <laughs> there's it's covered with toilet paper so you're seeing some of that less and, you know less and less it's so random uh, which okay. items, you know, so we're seeing, what is the supply, supply chain resiliency? You have know, been saying this a lot. And is it, can we, can we get more to American made op- uh, products and um, you know, do we need to outsource this or can we you know this? So it's, it's forcing these conversations, which you would think it's not maybe super revelatory, but for the entrepreneur, it screams opportunity. You mentioned what's yeah. that, what's it like through that lens. And you know, I, that's what I try to say with our, with my personal brand. Is look, you know, it, and I, and I know other leaders say this too. Like, one percent when it comes to just income is like four to five hundred thousand dollars. You're you're part of the one percent, but you're part of the ten percent once you get to about one hundred fifteen, hundred twenty, hundred twenty five thousand. And I'm talking about incomes and salaries because I think there's this under. I think it's. I hope it's not as overwhelming as it used to be. It's like I need X amount of money, or I can't do this, or most businesses start with less than $5,000. If I'm not a billionaire, I'm nothing. Like we all talk about the same five unicorns. Right. And after Elon Musk and and Zuck and a few others, it's right. like,
0: okay. And you look at the news this week, so, you know, sale, Salesforce just bought Slack for $27 billion. Right. <laughs> like-
2: well, if you know Mark Benioff's story, and you know he didn't start, he didn't just turn a corner. I think he was a 10-year executive at Oracle and Larry yep. Ellison gave him $2 million in seed money. Yeah. So he had plenty of seed money on his own, and he's got. And I don't know if folks know. I mean, he's a co-CEO now. And maybe that. Maybe that's actually transitioned. But he's got this guy named Parker, who's actually the genius. Um, I think. I mean, Benny's brilliant as well, but uh, he's more of the marketer, and he tells a story and sets a vision like I've never seen. He's got. He's got some actually really cool books uh, that tells his story. But yeah, like who's
0: doing acquisitions at $28 billion? Yeah. Like, yeah, That's the headlines. And that's, it sets a frame for the way a lot of people think, because that's the news we see, but that's not the right. reality. Like you said, like if you're, if you're breaking a hundred K you're in the top 10% in the world. Right. You know? And that's just, you know, personal to you, but right. you know, right. most businesses, have, you know, Vern garnish is a
2: great leader. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you know that he's got, so, he's got so much going on. He started yeah. EO, and he's got yep. a great book. It's, it's intense. It's thorough called scaling up that I've, promote often i think it's a wonderful playbook and some of the data in there is that less than i think it's less than 10% of businesses generate a million dollars yeah and less than one generate over eight figures 1% so you start to understand the math like okay wow and it it just set a tone it's it's just so hard we're very emotional beings yeah it's okay but just uh, don't make yeah. decisions from and- emotions and understand the data like there's so much opportunity to just make something a little bit better, you know, there's all yeah. this pressure too. Like you have to disrupt. I hate. I kind of actually hate that word, disrupt. Like, <laughs> why not improve? You know. Right. And I, we're not going to be all like Elon Musk and read every library book <laughs> uh, that we have uh, and want to colonize Mars and do rail yeah. under
0: under the dirt. Like, right. And, I mean, goodness. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, I mean, you know, he's one of one in the world. And I think it it goes back to the baseball analogy, right? Like if you don't know that 300 is a good batting average, right. And you go up and you're hitting three ten, you might, if you're comparing yourself to batting a thousand, you feel like an absolute failure. But when you realize, wow, I'm actually doing better than most people here. Right. So it's understanding that frame I think is so powerful. And what, where were you last year? right? Businesses usually do year-over-year
2: year comparison. Do that for yourself. Where were you last year? What books were you reading? Who were you hanging out with? And, and if you're in business, whether it be for yourself or with partners or an employee, like I know this is more entrepreneurial, so we'll focus on that. Like, yeah, how were you doing? And it's stupid, but I look in the mirror, I write my goals down every year. Like, how did I do? And how's Anthony doing? And I think about it, my family and uh, married with two kids and how are they doing? And I, I try to include it all, not just Okay, the dollar's coming in the door, and that's that's all that matters. But honestly, it's it's fleeting, and you're gonna run out of steam. And if you don't have a why that's clear, um, I don't know. It's boring. It's not attractional.
0: when you're working with other entrepreneurs and business leaders, you know, where is it that you, I mean, where, where do you love helping them the most in that area? Is that something that you dive into with, with understanding the big picture, not just the dollars and, and how to not compare yourself to others, but to where you've been on your own journey? So
2: I try, I try to come from a place of, even though I talk, I think too much, you know, remember you have two ears and one mouth and it's, it's amazing. I'm, I'm part of a mastermind group here in Kansas city. Um, and you know, there's 12, 12, 13, 14 of us and some businesses, everybody's under eight figures, um, kind of in that, you know, three to 10 million, there's some others that are, you know, 20, 30, 40 million. Um, what I found, what I find the most is I try to listen, make sure, okay, you know, kind of this, um, reflective listening, what, did I hear you say this and, and whether it's in group or one-on-one and, and just getting to know folks. And if there's just one thing, right, just one thing we can unlock, like, you know that to be true, but why do you think that that's true? And it could be, I'm, I'm maxed out. And you know, what there's a recent conversation, obviously the details are don't matter, but a, a, like a, this guy is so bright. Um, and I, I can't believe that he uh, is dealing with some of the issues that he's dealing with. He's so bright. He's got a very technical business. I won't get into any of the details and knows he needs to make two hires to find you know, to build that executive team. He's known this for years. And so just to be a part of that and encourage him to like, dude, you're, you're so smart. You should never actually uh, have uh, issues here. But, you know, look, it's the, the surprising what is an issue. What is not an issue for me is an issue for someone else. And I think just realizing, although that may sound silly, like, well, how can I get breakthrough there? Well, I look, I never want to be the center of anything. I hate, I want to remove bottlenecks. Keep me off of emails. Actually, less emails. I want to be involved in less meetings, because I want to be able to set a framework and expectations, and have our leaders set expectations as well, so that I'm not a I'm not a, a lot of decisions are already being made. And I, I love that uh, you know Steve Jobs, the late Steve Jobs. I understand he was kind of an aggressive, harsh leader. But <laughs> say what you will about him, the products that he's made, and the, the organization that he's left behind he loves it when people make mistakes because that means they're making decisions. I'm a huge fan of that. And so I gave you kind of a very vague answer maybe of folks, but I, I just enjoy it. If there's one thing I could share or even just listening surprisingly, like you felt heard and you shared that and maybe you could course correct something, but it's fun. I mean, I, iron sharpens iron and you know, where I think I can help is just, it's surprising how many folks kind of, you know, with this law of
0: limiting beliefs, that's exactly what I was writing down here to bring up back that's to you was, just, was that people have these, they have these blind spots. Like you said, this super bright guy has, he's known for years. The information is there for years. You have these two executive hires that you need to make, but he's not doing it. What is that limiting belief in the blind spot? And you know, and the I, I can s- support it, but I appreciate, and it's not unique
2: to that scenario. Like that's not unique. I mean, there's stuff right you need to do. That's why they're called blind spots. You don't see them and, I, I, you know, this, this, this uh, limiting beliefs by capacity. And so until you either change that habit or belief, you're going to, you're going to
0: just keep hitting the, you know, keep hitting the roof or, hit, or the wall, if you will. So, yeah. Yeah. So what, what kind of advice do you have for people who hit that ceiling? Like what, with limiting beliefs, I guess, one, how do you, how do you, how do you find the blind spots or the glass ceiling, so to speak? Right. And then, and how do you break through that? The best way it's, it's
2: tough is, is either if you're married and you really trust your partner, ask them, they'll tell you, uh, if they haven't already, (laughs) uh, ask some folks not, and maybe friends are good, but if they're not in the business world, or at least something similar and have, I would say, you know, I like to say your level and above, I would even go to somebody older that you trust. Uh, we were talking about that with this Podmax event. There's so much experience out there that's not respected because maybe they're older or whatever BS excuse we come up with. Um, I like talking to the opposite uh, sex as well, believe it or not. Um, and I think that's more than the data supports it. like, they think differently, which I think is wonderful. My wife totally thinks differently. And I, it's sometimes it's very painful, but I'm like, there's wisdom behind that. There's, there's, there's something to understand. And so the best way to understand your blind spots are at are to talk to folks that are close to you and have them pointed out and constructive feedback if done with grace. You know, we kind of, we use language at Una. Hey, let's throw puzzle pieces on the table, which is a better way of saying it, other than saying like, Hey, let me tell you why you're wrong. Or that. Was just <laughs> idea. I love that language. That's, That's great. Person. You know, that, that comes from, I'll give my, my father-in-law, who's a, who's been a 30 year consultant and worked with companies of our size and 200, 250 million or, or higher. And that is, you know, as you, ex- as you scale up, well, the only way to scale is to be able to good, be good with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you better set clear expectations and have a culture and environment. Otherwise you'll just, you know, it's going to be a glass house. So it's, yeah. it's or house of cards or run on metaphors.
0: So. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, and I think, you know, the power of, you know, you said the opposite sex and you said older generations. And I think having a circle of people, with different perspectives, right? Like, you know, we all grow up with whatever it is that our environment was, and we learned, and we have right. our we have our input, and we need people who have different input but have perspective on what we're doing, right? So, I think that's that's I think super. That's powerful. harder to do, to be frank. I think
2: that's really hard. It's a, we all know it's like, oh, I'm or most entrepreneurs like, I need to be, you know, I got to have these right friends. I, it's hard. Yeah, the it's like I want the like-minded, but you, you, it's hard to find folks that do life differently than you, and then you're like okay with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Not okay with it. That's great opportunity for some introspection.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think when when you come to the uh, acceptance of it, right, and you know, like you said, the data is all out there. You can search for the power and diversified thinking and and that kind of thing. And I think having that, you know, whether it's you know. you know, regionally, whether it's generationally, whether it's opposite sex or different uh, nationalities, like whatever it is that those different, you know, they have different input on how they can see things. And I think, you know, your, your wife and, and your wife is a good example. This just happened to me two days ago. So my wife and I are going through a, um, a transformational coaching program. Awesome. We're going through it individually, but we're both going through it. It's not like a couple's thing. Sure. And, and I'm doing one of these, uh, one of the exercises about, you know, it it was a similar, like, you know, where were you last year? Where do you want to go next year? And what if, if you don't get there and what, what stories are keeping you stuck? Right. And I had written down, like, here's my, the current situation, wrote it down. And I said to my wife, I'm like, when I get to the third question about like, how do I take ownership of this? Like, I don't think that question makes sense. Like I'm trying to like figure it out. And I literally, like I was blocked. Like I said, I don't see, like, I just don't see how these puzzle pieces fit together. And she literally was like, what do you mean? You just need to do this, and it was so obvious. As soon as she said it, I was like, "Oh my god, you're right." How right. did I like my brain couldn't see something so obvious? But it's because we only have our own perspective, and um, and bringing someone in who just you know can look at it and they're like, "Uh, it's right here," <laughs> you know. And I'm, a, I'm a
2: huge fan. I mean, the personal stuff, like, I mean that it. I don't know. You're you. We didn't get into details. Are not important, but it. I, you know, authenticity, very hard to do. Like, are you the same person at home as you are at, at work? And, and now work is kind of in the home, I, in a world this yeah. kind of flexible environment, which I think is great, is good and bad. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's uh, I don't think it's actually a reality that you can kind of compartmentalize. I know a lot of people try to do. Again, I think that's bullshit. Um, yeah. But I, you know, my personal perspective and, and people know, the smart ones, they players know. Um, and, and, to whom much is given much is required. And, uh, I just believe it. So there's a constant, like, I gotta be better so that this team is better. gets back to those limiting beliefs and capacity. Um, I can't remember what else I was going to say, but you know, let's keep, there was something to deal with what you're saying regarding your wife. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, you touch on a big thing there, the, the authenticity and being the same person in different I areas say. of your life. Yeah. I can jump in. So, oh, yeah.
2: business. Yes. Authenticity. I know I, I cut you off real quick. There's such a power to go back. Like, Hey, how do you recommend that entrepreneurs, the power in third parties? So there's so many different systems like use a consultant or EOS or all this other stuff. I'm not going to promote. Uh, I could some of the, you know, maybe at some point, but what finding your success path and these team members around you One one of the consultants that we use, we use a, a few, but, the power of a third party to come in and say either something that, that I've already said or maybe another leader has said, but then they hear from somebody else that's trusted, that gets our values. Uh yes, there's an investment to that, but are you interested in in growing your business for your people or are you just gonna save your way to nothing? I, I just you know, again, if you're not ready to invest then then maybe maybe this isn't the
0: show for you. But
1: uh,
2: <laughs> you know, I, I just that's that you have to constantly invest. Like you don't
0: just set up the garden and not pull the weeds. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. I love that pulling the weeds. And I think, you know, there's two things on the power of the third party. I love what you just said that sometimes it's just the different voice, right? Like they hear you every day, right? Like, Oh, you know, it's just noise. Right. Yeah. It's just Anthony. And, and, um, I heard something recently. It was like, when you think, you know, something, you don't listen anymore. Right. Like if you, if you're, if you sit down and you pop open a a 45 minute episode and you hear the first five minutes and you're like, "Ah, I know this stuff already. I'm too, I'm going to tune it out and you know, not really listen, or I'm going to skip this episode, but Um, when it's a third party, when it's a new voice saying these things, you're just more, your brain is more attuned to paying attention. I think that's huge. And I think the other thing is also, you said, you know, you can't just plant the garden. You have to pull the weeds. Another phrase that I I love that I heard recently was sometimes you don't need to put your foot on the gas more. You need to take your foot off the brake, right? Like entrepreneurs are so often doing so many different things that we have our foot on the gas and the brake at the same time and pulling those weeds, taking your foot off the brake. It's really hard. We have all this noise that's distracting us and a third party can come in without all the head trash around it and more clearly see, oh, here's the weeds that need to be pulled or you just, hey, you don't have to do a bunch of more stuff. Just stop doing these two really, you know, these two things that are holding you back and they can really clear things out. So I think the the third party thing is super powerful. Um, well, the good, so the, the tag along with that
2: because i believe true leaders entrepreneurs whatever titles we want to throw around yeah you know you say there's doing a lot of things and and it's true i would say though there's only out of 10 one or two that really matter and you either know how to do that instinctively or you've taught yourself or there's routine power in the third party to help and remind you but then it's not even about you so much as it is, are you able to remind the team, whether it's five people, 50 people, or 500. Yeah. And that's the vision and the course and strategy and direction. But then it's every day. Right. And, uh, you say lay off the break, which is another way of saying,
0: uh, you need to be saying no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I- I'd love to hear your-, your point. How many employees do you guys have at Una? Uh,
2: almost 15. Yeah. There's, uh, so we've got a couple brands and then we're part of a bigger ecosystem that's got a couple thousand, but the folks I ever see, uh, yeah, that's, I guess it's almost, I guess it's 12. It's a lean team. We're a lean, yeah. lean uh, team. We've got oh, uh, love that. marketing team, sales, operations, and we're, we're, we want to continue to hire, continue transparency. Like this has been a tough year. Um, we're, we're, I've been telling folks we're in this V Uh, we believe we're coming out of this V as long as the country doesn't shut down, we can't control it. Like, so that's been a lot of our conversation. How do we maintain culture and take, make sure we're taking care of our customers. But so longer answer
0: to your question, but that's, that's the team size. Yeah. So you mentioned just prior to that, like, you know, communicating, you know, taking that vision and direction and and communicating on a daily basis. And so what, what are some things that we as entrepreneurs and, and leaders can do, so that the daily communication like doesn't get, doesn't turn into white noise, right? Like yeah. what are ways to engage a team in that direction?
2: So I don't, I don't typically always try to talk to the team. I'm also trying to empower some leaders and build some number ones and number twos so that I'm not just the face in the one. So that, that's one way is to empower your folks and, and be really clear. Like, Hey, I don't want to keep doing this. I'm hoping you can help with this and do it your way. Um, I like uh, when we started and kind of really went to this, uh which 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 was easier i think for our team although i don't want to take any credit away from kind of wow we're not coming to an office every day and we're doing this uh remote thing is i would send audio messages uh to our folks and just kind of share a fun story maybe it was related to business maybe it had nothing to do with it maybe it's a failure i shared a fun story of like our first customer at una and cool. how, like, I remember being on my knees, just crying, when they signed the deal, and they were on board, they believed in me, because at that point there was no, there was really not a lot. And it, like, how do we, you know, now, now, how do we? Now the real work begins. And so I think just sounds sappy, but can you share real stories? I try to share real stories about some of the stuff my wife and I are dealing with that that's really hard. Um, that i think is relatable and not expecting you know lowering expectations that somebody else has to jump in and share too Um, share stuff about your kids you know it's surprisingly just be a human uh, can be so much more encouraging and then yes there's some totally tactical things recommending books if you get invited into a conversation or an opportunity where there was a mistake made which is great because that means decisions are being made then there's you know on the spot encouragement and, and, and constructive feedback, uh, getting right to the point. But then just moving on, not deliberating over it. Like goodness, you know, let's let's make sure mistakes are almost uh, encouraged so the decisions are made. So we don't create this environment of just BS and bureaucracy, and you're focused on meetings of this playing chess rather than the best idea wins. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how
0: you get stuck in complacency. Right. And, right. And media, one of our, you know,
2: one of our values at UNA is progress and I promote it often and which is you know, we the definition for progress is uh, change. We, you know, we, we embrace it and we inspect
0: uh, expect it. So. Yeah. What are, um, what are maybe a few key lessons you've learned as, as an entrepreneur and, and leader, over this, like you said, like the team being remote, I love the sending voice messages and stories, but, um, you know, maybe if you don't mind sharing like some mistakes that you, or maybe some other leaders you've seen make this year in the turbulent times that we have. And like, what are some lessons we can learn from that going forward as leaders? So as we do this zoom, right. I'm, I'm like, I'm zoomed out in 2020. <laughs> although I love
2: this event. I'm all in Podmax. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> assuming and you know, it's assuming intent behind zoom. Like I can get your body language like Todd, I know you're engaged and you're being a team player and helping me along here, but and smiling and stuff. But at the end of the day, like it's not the same as it is face to face. I'm sitting in yeah. one of our, our office rooms now. And, um, and so that has been tricky of making, I've made some assumptions, uh without asking what the intent was whether it be body language or what was said and it's 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 put some friction on some of our leaders and it's been my fault um and you know I look I'm 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 being cool now but sometimes I lose my cool and so if you lose your cool through zoom and then there's not a lot of body language to support it or uh just in general you know Uh, acting like a mature adult, like I can get wound up pretty, pretty quickly. I think I'm fairly level-headed, but I can be intense. So, you you know, and then everybody's going to respond differently to that intensity. And so I, I, I have some power and you have to be really careful with that power and how it's used and language that's used. And sometimes there's been instances where things that I've said uh, unfortunately I've had a much deeper impact than I realized. And so you mm. kind of create this snowball effect of, well, I assumed when you said this, that you meant that and, and I'm using zoom, I don't want to use it as a crutch or an excuse, but I would say one of my natural instincts is I can kind of tell how someone's doing what's going on based on body language. I'm getting better at it through zoom. It's immensely easier face to face. Uh, and then, it, it, regardless of this environment, whether we're going to use Zoom or not, or whatever platform we're using, assuming intent without asking questions about it as a leader is really, you know, especially if you're insecure, uh, it's going to come out right away. And I think that's something I'm. I have my insecurities, uh, of course. Um, you know, I don't like to. I don't like to look stupid or, or say something wrong, but or I'm not the greatest writer. I've got a lot of our folks are really good writers, and I think they do their best to. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm I'm a grammatical distraction, but uh, it's it's uh, you know I'm always kind of like hey can you take a look at this before we send it and um, it getting comfortable with that you uh, know I'm kind of rambling a little bit of but those those specifics of like assuming intent over Zoom and and then what we do to solve it right which would be helpful right. is you go back and apologize and you confront it and you own it and you do act like an adult and you set that um, hopeful. Um, example so that that happens within the organization when I'm not around uh, where people yeah. are going to make mistakes or I we want tough intense folks but that follow our values and and respect each other and I actually believe that the the employer we I don't like the word employee I'm not afraid of it but I just like team member like employees yes. uh, and, and and are we taking care of them so they take care of our, our members as we say our future members and Um, look, they're adults, not children, so they can take care of themselves, but are we setting them up for success is other language we use. And are we, are we sharing empathy? You know, empathy is the other, you know, it's a fun word that's thrown around. I think Simon Sinek uses it often. And, um, you know, look, I think I I respect him as a, as a leader and influencer, but how do you practice empathy and empathy in my, in my world, my worldview is I want to listen and hear what you're saying, but I don't, I don't have to agree. And so I think there's this kind of codependency where we've done, we're we're wrestling through that. Like I'm talking about these examples that have happened. Like, I don't agree with you, uh, but I want to make room for your thoughts or throw these puzzle pieces on the table. And frankly, if you're not having those conversations, if you're not having those frictions with your leaders, like is really the best idea winning? Are you growing? Um, Are you not having those conversations because you're scared of your shadow and you're insecure and you don't want to go through those conversations? And it's probably, these are very real things.
0: Yeah, very I real. I just don't
2: know how you're gonna be able to scale. And maybe that's not your goal. Maybe you just kinda of wanna be profitable and stay. But I want us to scale. I want our folks to move, move up. I want, you know, we use language like, hey, you're on this lily pad now, make the best of it. You know, healthy things grow. And mm-hmm. I know you won't be here forever even though I think that would be great. But it, that may not be the cycle. That may not be yeah. the case. And I may not, you may turn into such a rock star we someday may not be able to afford you in that
0: seat. Right. Yeah. More about yeah. you and less about us. And I think a lot of business leaders may be afraid of that kind of thing, but I think you bring up a good point. We scary. Have, yeah. And about the, the difference between remote and in person when it comes to, uh, I'll say, conflict or confrontation, right? If you're in the office and things get intense and it is, you know, whatever happens, happens in that moment of a meeting. But when you're in the office, the vibe and body language throughout the rest of the day smooths out and you know, like, all right, we're cool. And like, or this is what you meant. Or you just stroll by, Hey, you know, before blah, blah, blah. When you're remote, it's like, there's a a conflict or a confrontation, even if it's small, those words sound very strong. But, um, but when you get off zoom, you're not, you don't see that other person across the room anymore or, you know, or at the, at the coffee maker or whatever. And so it builds up or it lingers in the back of everyone's mind. Like, There's this open loop of intensity that like, oh man, Anthony is is really pissed at me for this. When like in reality, you got intense and then you cooled off and it's all good, but they don't know that. So I think to be proactive, recognizing, having the self-awareness of the intense situations, especially when you want them, like you said, in your organization, like it's good to be intense and and passionate about what you're doing. I
2: mean, honor folks, be respectful, but yeah. Right.
0: Right. And so, um, but then to be self-aware, like, okay, that was a little, let me just do a proactive check-in with the team. Like, Hey guys, I know it got intense a little bit before, but just want to make sure everyone knows it's all good. And you know, whatever. I think that's, that's super important. So we got about two minutes left here. I want to make sure everyone listening knows like if they really like the stuff you're talking about. Where can they check you out and learn more about you? Absolutely, Todd. So check us out at una, una.com, una.com. Uh,
2: you can connect with me, you- connect with me there, excuse me, and my personal brand, AnthonyClervy.com. I think everybody knows how to spell Anthony, last name C-L-E-R-V-I, Anthonyclervy.com. And we'd love to connect with any leaders. Um, It's been a joy talking with you, Todd. Thanks for kind of the back and forth. And it's just fun to see folks like
0: yourself kicking butt and taking names. And um, I really have enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much. And I think you dropped a lot of great value in this, a lot of good tips practically um, and conceptually that everybody can walk away with, um, regardless if they're at the, the 10% mark or the 1% mark, or they just want to get their way to that yeah. 10%. Um, a lot of great stuff here today. So if there's one thing you want to leave everybody with, um, what would that message be? One thing, you know,
2: be inspired and remember life is very short. And so there, there's it's amazing who you can learn from. Look for your inspiration. If it's not coming internally, seek, seek it outwardly uh, and be grateful because you live in the greatest country in the world, despite the politics. I'll end with this. When has Washington DC done anything for you? Take your, you know, pull up your boots, make it happen. Uh, there, there's silver lining everywhere. I know 2020 sucks, but this too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great words. Thank you very much, Anthony. And we are right on the money. Everybody, right. thank you very much for tuning in to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am Taj Anatasio and thank you very much, Josh Carey, for putting us together here and letting us uh, handle your show for the day here at PodMax. And everybody check out una.com, una.com and anthonyclervey.com, C-L-E-R-V-I.com, right? Nailed it. Thanks, Todd. Thank you, guys.